You are listening to More Than a Season podcast with Ashley and Brittany. Join us as we walk through what life is like supporting a coach. Real, authentic, behind-the-scenes look of what the support system experiences, but no one discusses. So grab a drink, sit back and listen, because we're about to get real. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Stop listening. Press pause. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the ratings and reviews. Select five stars and give us a review. And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome, welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are so excited. We have a very special guest here. Um, I am so excited to introduce y'all to her. Um, This is Beth Yenzer. Hi. Hi. Tell a little bit about yourself. Everyone is so eager to meet you. So just kind of tell us a little bit. Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me. I'm humbled that you had asked me to do this. So I'm Beth Yenzer. We are currently in California. My husband coaches for the 49ers. It has been quite a journey getting here, and our journey is not finished by any means, but we've been together 12 years, married 11 years, so it happened pretty quick. We have two boys, uh, Max and Graham. Graham is almost eight years old. He's going into second grade, and then Max is going to be in kindergarten this year, both going to school virtually, which is going to be very interesting. Prayers are welcome because it's not going to be good. We have moved nine different times and we've been in eight different states, but two of those were only for like two months at a time. Like we were only there a very short amount of time. So yeah, it's been quite a journey, but I am an open book. So ask me anything you want. I I hear those numbers of moving and just so many questions come into my head. But so when you first started out, did you know how this whole football life worked or like how did that start? Okay, so let's go back to the beginning. I went to school at Henderson State University in Arkansas. It's a Division II school. It was about an hour from my hometown. Both of my parents went there. I got a scholarship to go there academic-wise, not for a sport. So that's where I went. And Zach, my husband, that was his very first, I guess, official job. He had been a GA, but he that was his first official job. So I was in my senior year. I was about to go to do my student teaching the summer before my student teaching. And my brother came home. And at the division two level, they have student assistants. Like they try to get help wherever they can. So my brother was a student assistant for the team. And he came home and said, there's this new coach you need to meet. And I was like, "Mm -mm, not interested. I had actually been dating someone else and it just, it was just not good timing at all. So anyway, about a month went by and we, we met crossing paths in the Walmart parking lot and my brother was with me and he was like, there, here's the coach I've been wanting you to meet. And I'm in my sweatpants, legit sweatpants and t-shirt, no makeup on anything. And I was so mad at myself. I was like, that's where I met my future husband where it ends up being. But yeah, so we met in the Walmart parking lot in Arkadelphia, Arkansas. We honestly started chatting on Facebook. I don't, he says I reached out first. I don't think that's true. We started chatting on Facebook a little bit and we exchanged numbers, but he would go like days without texting or calling. And I'm like, this guy's not interested. So I kind of moved on. And honestly, I went back to the ex-boyfriend. And so then um, Zach 
finally, I think he had had a few drinks and finally he started texting me and be like, I want to be with you. I want to see where this goes. And I'm literally right next to the guy that's my ex. I'm literally sitting next to him. He is talking to me about trying to get back together with me officially. And I'm like, sorry, I can't. I had to go see where this was going to go with Zach. Within, so we officially started dating. Within two months, we started talking marriage. In six months, we were engaged. And then in a year, we were married. It was a whirlwind. But to answer your question, I had a long way around to answer your question. No, I did not know what I was getting myself into. I, honest to God, thought we would be in Arkadelphia, Arkansas forever. I mean, I honestly did. Division two, I was good with it. High school, I was good with it. Like, I love high school football. I grew up in a small town in Arkansas. We love high school football there. And I, that's, that's the level I was comfortable with and knew. So no, I did not know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> so, okay. So did you guys meet like during football season or had you been able to go through a football season before you got married? Yeah, we dated one football season. Okay. So you were a girlfriend at first, quickly a fiance and quickly a wife. So you kind of made that transition really quick. Was there other people your age, like other significant others your age? There was one, she was, she's a couple of years older than I am, but they had just, they were newlyweds, no kids. And he and my husband were really good friends. And he's the one who actually brought my husband on with him to this school. And so that was my one connection there that I still, to this day, she's one of my favorite people, favorite coach's wife, crazy story. So this is at the division two. After that first year, this is where my story kind of gets, starts getting crazy. So this guy that brought in Zach, he was the offensive coordinator and they brought in Zach as the O-line coach. After that first year, um, they demoted the offensive coordinator and my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time, got fired. So now both of those guys, Zach, my husband, and her husband who got demoted are now both at the NFL level. But if that had not have happened, like it's all part of the story. Like if that had not have happened, we honestly wouldn't be here. So it all works out. So basically that was my next question was once you um, realized, oh, I'm not going to be living in Arkansas forever. <laughs> this is not how this works. So was your move after move, they're probably each different because I feel like even when I have moved, I've learned a little bit more about myself, who I am and rooted in what I believe um, at each stop. So that next first move, was that the hardest one or what was that learning point for you? Okay, so we got married in July. It was literally the hottest day in Arkansas, July 10th in 2009. And the next day, the very next day after our wedding, we got up and he drove me 13 hours to a small town, Colquitt County, Georgia, which I'm sure no one knows who that is except for people in Georgia. But it's Valdosta, if you've ever heard of that college town, Valdosta. It's about 30 minutes away from that. And we went to a high school. That was his next job was at a high school in Colquitt County, Georgia. I woke up the next day after our wedding and I'm in the hotel room and Zach went to go take a shower and I, he walked out from his shower and I am just boohooing because I know that I have to move 13 hours away from my home. Honestly, I always thought I, that's where I would be. Move 13 hours away. I cried probably seven of those hours. My, my poor husband thought, I don't know what he was thinking. He, he had made a big mistake, I'm sure. <laughs> but that first move was the hardest. But like looking back on it now in hindsight, I needed it. I needed that move to be ready for, for what this life has been for me. When I was in it, 
remember thinking this, but looking back on it, I, it's definitely confirmed. Whenever you're in your comfort zone, you don't need God. You don't need your faith. You don't need anything because you have it. I had my family. I had my friends. I had an easy life set up for me. And that is not what this life has been. And it's not what it's going to be. Honest to goodness, think he took me to Georgia, small town, Colquitt County, Georgia, to literally strip me of every comfort I had. All I had was Zach. Looking back on it, it was the best thing that could have happened. But in the middle of it, it was so hard. And I remember going through times I resented Zach. I was like, what in the world have I done? Like this was, I probably was a little depressed if I think back on it. Like I probably could have gone to see a therapist. I probably should have, but it's what I needed and a huge stepping stone in the story. And so you've moved a lot. So can you tell us about your journeys and like when you had kids? I know at this point you're just, it's just you two. So we stayed in Georgia one football season, not even a full year, one football season. And then he got the call to be a graduate assistant at Louisiana Tech in Ruston, Louisiana. So when I get that call, I am like over the moon because that is literally three hours away from my family. And I knew people there. I knew the football coach of the high school there. And he ended up helping me get a job there. But I was just so excited because I had connections there and it was three hours away from my family. We stayed there three football seasons. Uh, we both loved Ruston, Louisiana. Great college town. I loved my job and the football team was fun. Like we had good football seasons. The first year we didn't go to the bowl game. And then the second year we got to go to a bowl game. The third year we ended up winning nine games, but we didn't go to a bowl game, which was nuts. But it was fun because we were good. And we had a good coaching staff and good wives. And so that was fun. So then after Louisiana Tech, so he was a GA for two years and then like quality control, I guess, for one year. And then after that, our head coach went to University of California in Berkeley. At first, we didn't know if we were going to get get to go with them. Um, you know how this works. If the head coach leaves, you don't know if you're going to be part of that process or not. So at the beginning, we did not think we were. And then my husband actually got a job to go to Troy, which is his alma mater in Alabama. And so that was going to be his first official job, a Division I offensive line job in Troy. He, I don't know that he ever signed a contract, but he was there. He recruited for like two or three weeks. And then he got the call from Cal that, hey, we need you. So, I mean, it was a no-brainer. Like, nothing against Troy. I love Troy, and he loves Troy. But if you go from, like, I mean, just a Power 5 school versus Troy, I mean, we had no choice but to take that. So I had Graham um, right before we left for Cal. Like, he was born in September of that football season, and then we moved to Cal in January. So he was, like, four months old when we moved to the California. And you didn't move to Troy, though, in between, did you? We did. We were, oh, it's crazy. Um, we were about to go look for a house. Like, we were on our way, like, and the offensive coordinator at Cal called Zach, and he said, do not leave yet. Do not go to Troy yet. He goes, I am working to try to get you here. The thing is, is, like, they were, they were so, they were on the fence about Zach because he had never been an official position coach. And in the Power Five, when you get to that level, they want experience, and Zach did not have Division One official experience. Well, he had never been an official position coach, so that was what was holding them back. Well, finally, I guess they talked the athletic director into hiring him, and so we went to Cal. 
We were there for two seasons. Then my husband, one of his best friends in this business, got the offensive coordinator job at the University of Kansas. And so he took Zach to Kansas. You know how teams go ahead, like before the season ends, they go ahead and start firing their coaches. I guess like after week three or week four, they had fired the Kansas coach. And no lie, I looked over at my husband and I said, do not take me to Lawrence, Kansas. And I, I honestly, I, I say that. I didn't say Lawrence. I didn't know where the University of Kansas was. I said, do not take me to Kansas. So funny how God works. Ha ha. Don't, I mean, so now I'm like, anytime I say don't take me somewhere, I'm like, I really have to like think about it. And we ended up going to Kansas. We're there for three seasons. The story gets really hard there. We only won three games in three years. It was hard. But Lawrence, Kansas is, will always be in my heart. I love that place. I loved everything about it except the football. Yeah, when we when we live there, I it's just such a funny thing because I love Lawrence. Like everything about it, the town, like when we were there, the people, the community, everything is so wonderful, but it is very difficult with the three wins and three years. It's hard. And when you don't win, people get fired. And that is what happened when we got fired from Kansas. And it is what it is, but that's where kind of our story gets really crazy is because So we got fired um, in January. It was at the coaching convention. We did not know until the last day of the coaching convention that he was fired. It was the night of the national championship. Uh, That was not a fun night for us. (laughs) But so we got fired in January and we literally were in this unknown period that we did not know where we were going to go. So we had bought a house in Lawrence we sold that house pretty quickly, but then we didn't have anywhere to go because Zach didn't have another job yet. And luckily his parents, my in-laws have an extra house. Uh, they have a second home in Kentucky where my mother-in-law is from. And so they have a house there. And so we actually moved to that house for two months. We honestly thought that we were going to get a shot at going to the Redskins, which they're not the Redskins now, Washington. We thought we were going to go to the Washington football team. I, I had hope. Like, that's honestly what kept me going. I was like, we have hope for this. Well, that didn't work out. We got a call to go to a high school in Alabama. And at that point, I'm just like, I will go anywhere just to be out of this middle ground. The middle ground is like, I, I swear, the worst part of this profession. When you have that time period where you literally have no idea where you're going to be, like that to me is by far the worst part. But there is always the other side of it. You will get there. It may not happen when you want it. It may not happen as quickly as you want, would like for it to happen. But there will be another side. So anyway, we get this call to go to this high school in Alabama. I am just like, yes, please. Like, let's just go. No recruiting, no nothing. Like, let's just go do this. So we go to Alabama. We buy a house in Alabama. Sign the papers. From one of our friends who is at SMU saying, hey, I think we may need you here. I mean, this is in July. Like, that doesn't happen. You know, like, that does not happen. The offensive line coach at SMU had some health issues. So they asked Zach to come help for the season. I probably had a slight mental breakdown at that point. Because I'm like, we just moved. Like, we went from Kansas to Kentucky, Kentucky to Alabama. And now I'm about to go to Dallas. But Dallas is an, 
four hours away from my home. So like that was good about it. And I knew the staff. We had no, we knew that staff. And so I was comfortable going there for that. But oh my gosh, it was so hard. So anyway, have not even made a mortgage payment. Still have that house, by the way. Moved to Dallas and we are there for a season. I kind of always knew that it was going to be a one season deal. Um, I had hoped that it would be, be more, but it ended up only being a one season deal. Uh, we were in kind of a that middle ground again for about a month, not near as long this time, but we were in that middle ground for about a month. And then we get a call from the 49ers, which was a game changer. So that's the condensed, very condensed version. I just, I'm in awe at everything because I love how candid you are, first of all, about how you do have those breakdowns and like, it is okay not to be okay. And even some of that bitterness, I think that sometimes us as women, we feel like we just have, you don't even have time. Like you're like, okay, you know, they leave, they go to that next job and then you're kind of like left to pick up the pieces. And so I really admire that you share that. But I mean, did you have a mindset change in between or did you kind of have to do that along the way? Honestly, if I didn't have faith, I don't, in faith in God and faith in the plan, like faith in his ultimate plan, like I don't know what I would have done. That has to be number one. What got me through is my faith. If you are a coach's wife or a coach's family and don't have faith, like I'm, I'm sorry, because like that's the only thing that got me through. You need to know that you are here on this earth for a bigger purpose. So I have this book that got me through and it's called, it's by Dr. Tony Evans and it's called From Providence to Purpose. I would get into books and I probably should read the Bible more, but I like reading books by preachers or by other people. I want to hear other people's stories and other people's testimonies. And and he talks about the book of Esther and how Esther and her story and basically how God has his providential hand, like he has a hand in everything. He, like he knew everything that was going to happen along the way. And he knew it had to happen the way it did for us. So like, I think back and I think about, so we went to Kansas, which sounds insane. But if we had not gone there, we wouldn't have met the guy who ultimately got us an interview with the 49ers. And so like, I think about that. I'm like, God, he put us wherever, where we are needed. And it's not just about wins and losses. You were, we're here for something bigger than that. And so I had to wrap my head around that. I had to wrap my head around that idea that it is not just about me. It, there is a bigger plan, bigger picture. And I have to submit everything to him or I will literally go insane. And I still go insane on days, no doubt. But like, if I don't submit everything to him, then my life will just be in shambles. I mean, it just would be, it just would have been talking about my canon. It's like there, I had many, many low moments, like to the point where I was like, okay, I need to go, I need to go to the doctor. I need to go get on an antidepressant. I need to go do this. Like, I, I mean, I work out and I listen to Christian music and I try to like do things like on my own to help myself out. But like, there were moments where it was like dark. There were some dark, dark moments, but you do get through them. Like you just have to keep putting yourself in positive situations, read the books, read the Bible, read, listen to the Christian music, go for walks, just do things that help you get your mind out of like what's right there in front of you. You have to be able to see the bigger, not, not that you, you can't see the bigger picture, but know that there is a bigger picture out there. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. I love that. And I think it's so awesome that you're centered on your faith and I'm sure your kids are too. So what have you like taught them with this 
whole moving process? Because I'm sure that was really hard. The the kids are hard. The kids are really hard because they just don't get it. It's like it's um, moving. And when we got fired from Kansas, uh, my, my oldest was five and my youngest was two turning three. And they still talk about Kansas. They still talk about their friends and how much they love Kansas, how much they love Big J. They loved Kansas. I probably broke down more about the kids. And I've thought of so many times, oh my gosh, this would be so much easier if I didn't have to tell the kids. I tried to make life as normal as possible. Um, And honestly, after the SMU situation, I never even told them that we weren't going to be at SMU. Like um, after the season, Zach was just kind of home more. I don't know if that's right or wrong or whatever, but I was just trying to protect them. They knew their dad got fired at Kansas. I didn't want them to have to go through those again. So I just didn't tell them. They did know that dad was trying to get in the NFL. Like they knew that dad was working really hard at trying to get to the NFL. And that was the goal. So when we got a call, we just made that such a big deal that dad had worked so hard at this and it finally has paid off. So that's where, that was, that was where my focus was with them. But the kids are hard. Kids are so hard and it's just going to get harder because they're getting older. Yeah. And I think that it depends on the situation too, because I feel like as they get older, um, I don't know. I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't speak on it, but I feel like they are more aware and then, you know, they have these connections and you just, you know, you take it a situation at a time. Feed off of us. I would have my breakdown moments. I would go in the closet and just cry. I would go in the bathroom and cry and just try not to do that in front of them. I'm not tearing up now, like thinking about it, like, that's what I would try to do just because they do, they feed off of us. And if they knew that I was stressed and I was worked up, they would definitely have known that. So trying to be a good actor, actress at the time. <laughs> I think, I think that's just wonderful. Again, I just applaud your like honesty and just being open because I think that, you know, we move around and we do all these things and we go through all these situations. And a lot of people think that they just see this big glamorous picture and they don't see all the significant other that's behind the scenes and the kids and all these things. So um, when you did get to the 49ers and you got that call, did you just lose it? I, you know, it's, I don't even, I remember the night Zach finally got a call to get an interview. I knew in the, in my heart of hearts, like I knew if he got an opportunity to get in front of someone that it would be hard for them to say no to him because I mean, I know I'm a little biased, but I'm like, he had just, He's just good. I mean, I just know that he's good. And he he works so hard at it. And so anyway, after that interview, which his friend helped him get the interview for it. So right after the interview, that one of the 49er coaches called our friend, um, his name is Clint Kubiak. He called the his friend and he was like, hey, we're going to offer Zach the job, but don't tell him yet. We're going to let the head coach call him, blah, blah, blah. Well, then like three or four days passed and we hadn't heard anything. And Clint texted my husband and he was like, hey, have you heard? Like, what? have you heard anything from him? And Zach said, no. So then, so Clint called and he's like, what happened? I thought you guys were hiring my guy. And he goes, we are, we just haven't, you know, nothing happens on your time. Like you want it to happen right then. Like how easy would it have been to make that phone call a day later? But it's like, we have to have that waiting period. So after that waiting period of like four or five days, we were all, I think just, in tears, just so excited. My husband, like seeing his face was the highlight of it all because it was kind of like, 
he had he had been knocked down, knocked down, knocked down. And finally, he kind of got vindicated, like, I can do this. I am good at this job. I can do this job. So like seeing that part of it was really special. And just knowing just how hard he had worked and how hard it is to get to the NFL. Like, I didn't have any idea. It's kind of one of those things. It's like, you have to know someone to get an interview. You have to know someone or you have to have played in the NFL. And he didn't have any of that. So just the fact that he is here and that we are here is all glory to God because there's no explanation. I'm just, oh my gosh, it makes me so happy. It makes my heart happy because <laughs> I'm thinking about you guys getting that call and the excitement and can you talk a little bit about like your time since you've been at the 49ers? You're our first NFL wife. Tell us the schedule. Tell us kind of how things have been since you guys have been there. Um. Okay. So it's real interesting. Like I have loved it. I have absolutely loved everything about it. And it's no different. It is honestly no different from high school, division two, college, whatever it is. Like it's all the same, but it's just at a heightened level. Like I tell people all the time I'm like like Zach's job like the job is the same it's just on a more intense level and he is literally going up against players like Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Donald and Mahomes Patrick Mahomes I mean like that's who you're preparing for versus at the high school level or whatever like but the hours that he has put in so at this level during the season last season anyway I don't know what it's going to be this year but like last season he would get up before we would get up He would not get home until 11 or 12 o'clock. So like we wouldn't see him until usually Thursdays or Friday. No, Fridays. I would see him on Thursdays, but the kids were already in bed. The kids really wouldn't see him until Friday. And they would get Friday evenings off. Saturday, they would get most of the day off if they were in town, if they were playing in town. And then Sundays, it just depends on what time the game was. But the the schedule, I I think he works longer here. I think it probably just like everywhere, it depends on the coach. And this the coach we have out here, our head coach, Kyle Shanahan, is a I mean, he is a workhorse. I mean, football is his life 24-7. But he likes to have fun. Like he's he's great. He's awesome. But Zach is also in a position, like he's not the offensive line coach here. He's the assistant offensive line coach. So it's like he's got to work even harder to show them that he can get to that next level because that's the ultimate goal is to be the offensive line coach in the NFL. Like that's his goal. He doesn't have aspirations in offensive coordinator or head coach yet anyway, to be the offensive line coach in the NFL. So I don't know, he's on the right track and we're doing that, but yeah, it's interesting. The fans are nuts. They are so intense. I've never been an NFL fan. Because I grew up in the South, like we had SEC football and I watched the Razorbacks, like the Razorbacks were my team. We didn't have an NFL team. My family rooted for the Cowboys like on Sundays, but we didn't care Monday through Saturday what happened. Out here, like I try not even to let people know that my co- my husband's a coach. It's not that they treat me differently, but it's like, I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. I just try not to. Now my, my, my son, Graham, tells everybody his dad's a coach for their 40s but I try to like to fly under the radar because the fans are crazy. <laughs> yeah, we, we actually, that's funny because we are doing an episode just about um, fans in the stands and like, they've got some dedicated fans in the NFL for sure. It is a different ball game up there. Have you heard anyone like say anything bad about your husband or like bad about the team that like, doesn't really realize like, oh, I'm sitting next to Beth. <laughs> So not this past year, but the year before, two years before, they had not won uh, many games. So 
So there had been, there was a little negativity because they had not had that winning season. They didn't necessarily say anything about bad about us, but they would kind of make snide remarks about the 49ers. I didn't, it didn't affect me, but no, and this year was awesome. I didn't hear any negative remarks. <laughs> so it was, it was good. I know it'd be like, what else can we do for you? We're at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. We didn't win, but I just kept looking back at where we had been. And I'm like, we are at the freaking Super Bowl. All the glory goes to him for what happened. So I did that. That was in my brain the entire time at the Super Bowl. I was just like, no matter what, I am thankful. No matter what, I am thankful. Anyway, that, that kind of helped me soften the, uh, the thought of losing it. But you can go back one day. No, it's just a wonderful story. I just like, I'm just in awe. You know, this journey is so unpredictable. And it's one of those things where Brittany and I both, we use faith as well to like guide us through this journey. And I think that it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to learn to have faith in the high times and the low times and just learn how to ride with it. Or it'll just make that experience, you know, really tough. It's already hard enough. So it's like, you just have to learn how to change that mindset. And it seems like you've gotten the hang of it over over so many times. It's just situation. You just roll with it and just have that faith. So that's, you know, amazing that you do that. We've gotten this question a couple of times in our inbox. The difference between girlfriend, fiance, wife, or GA's wife, significant other, um, QC, you know, kind of the divide between your different rankings. Have you had experience with this with different wives or significant others? Um, so yeah, this is a hard one because first of all, I think women can be difficult and I have been a wife for most of my time, but I have gone through the GA QC situation and that to me was hard because we weren't officially one of the 10 assistants or my husband wasn't one of the 10 official assistants. And so I just didn't know what I needed to do if I needed to go to all the functions or I just didn't know my place. When we were a GA, that particular head coach's wife was very welcoming, wanted me to be a part of everything. And honestly, I guess expected me to be a part of everything, but I wanted to. So I honestly think it goes from the top down. They set the tone and you just have to feed off of that. If they aren't as welcoming to the wife, to the girlfriends or to the GAs or QCs or whatever it is, you just have to respect that because it ultimately is a hierarchy and you just have to respect that head coach's wife as much if it may hurt your feelings. Ultimately, just know that you will be in the position one day or hopefully you're in the position one day that you are a position coach's wife or a head coach's wife and you know what it feels like to be a girlfriend or GA or QC or whatever it may be how you would want to be treated and you treat the next group coming up. We completely agree. And I think that, you know, when I spent time at a couple of schools back or even, you know, you have that group that you connect with and you find, you know, where you kind of set in and belong. But we had had a couple of listeners just reach out because they are the girlfriends or the fiancés and they're trying to just like navigate through this next chapter that they're going in. So that's a perfect answer. I would just recommend like finding your group or whatever it is, like find other GA wives or find the other QC wives or find the younger group or find the people who work out or find the people who read, whatever your thing is, whatever your niche is, you find your people and just thrive through them. 
my favorite part of this entire process are the people I meet along the way. I have people every single place we have gone, not every person. I don't keep up with every person and they don't keep up with me, but you have the two or three, or maybe it's just one that you do keep up with along the way. And that has been so special. Honestly, my favorite thing. One of my really good friends, Sarah Kraft, who was at Georgia with us at the high school, and now her husband's a head coach in Georgia. She still will reach out to me just letting me know she's praying for me. You know, just things like that. Like it goes a long way and it means a lot. So take those friends and take those wives with you and just try not to harp so much on the bureaucracy of it. Okay, one last question. (laughs) If you were to tell your just starting out self one thing about this life, about this world, what you've learned, what would you say? A couple of things like, first of all, submit yourself to God. And that way you like the pressure's gone. You just go where he wants you to go. And wherever that may be, if that's at the high school level, if that's at college, if that's at the NFL, if it's at junior college, whatever it is, just be willing to go. There were moments in this journey and there will be more moments I know that you want to quit. There have been many conversations between me and my husband where I'm just like, I'm done. This is not fun to me. I don't want to do it. And luckily, he's the one who's had the faith to like stand in those gaps. When I have moments of doubt, he's been able to stand in that gap for me. When you do have those moments that you want to quit or that you just can't do it anymore, find somebody who can stand in that gap for you. Like if that's a friend, if that's your husband, if that's your mom or dad, whoever it is, go find that person that can stand in the gap of those doubts because they will come. A hundred percent, if you were in this business, they will come because there's going to be moments of uncertainty. Heck, we are all in a moment of uncertainty right now with COVID. I, I mean, I'm one too. Like right now, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to affect us. If we, Are we going to have a season? Are we not going to have a season? If we don't have a season, does that mean people are get fired? Like, I don't know. Like I have all these thoughts and I'm like, okay, calm down. Go back to your faith. Go back to that. I guess that would be my main thing is just go with it and just trust. Trust that in God's plan, trust that you have a purpose and you do have a purpose. And I'm honest to God, like if you guys, if you're going through a hard time or whatever, like that book Pathways that I recommended by Dr. Tony Evans, that book got me through several low moments and I reread it. If I'm, if I'm having a down day, like I go back and reread it, puts everything in perspective. God does have a plan. Just trusting, just, just hold out, just trust. We appreciate all the words of wisdom. I feel like I have learned so much from this conversation. (laughs) And thank you, Beth, so much for being on here and taking the time to just share all of your wisdom. (laughs) We're about to go purchase that book right now. I know. (laughs) I highly recommend it. He should like pay me to like go on tour with him. (laughs) (laughs) Be a spokesperson. Well, thank Thank you so much, Beth. And um, we will uh, see you guys next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this on More Than a Season podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season underscore Women's Guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time.